Welcome to the Medical Sales Certification Podcast. This is Colby Wood. And on this podcast, we take a deep dive into medical sales and in particular, orthopedic medical sales, where I do my best to share with you everything that I have learned up to this point and document really the day-to-day sales calls and meetings and interactions I'm having so that you can learn from my experiences and hopefully help you become more successful in your career as well. So without any further ado, please enjoy today's podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Colby Wood with the Medical Sales Certification Podcast, and welcome to this episode. And this is going to be uh, Anatomy on the Go, and we are going to talk proximal biceps tenodesis. And uh, just for clarification purposes, which I feel obligated to say at the outset of every one of these uh, podcast episodes, is number one, I am not a physician. I have never treated any patients. I uh, I do not pretend to be a doctor. Uh, however, I have been in a lot of surgeries. I've sold a lot of products. And, um, and so I'm coming at this strictly from the uh, medical sales rep standpoint and what you need to know or be thinking about uh, to have an intelligent conversation about proximal biceps uh, tenodesis. So um, disclaimer is now out of the way. So let's start with the anatomy. So the biceps tendon by... I mean, the reason that it has by in the, the front of the name is because there's two heads of the biceps tendon. You've got a long head and a short head, proximally. The short head is, we're not going to spend much time on because it's not really relevant for proximal biceps tenodesis because the long head is what we're actually addressing uh, when we're doing these types of procedures. The short head of the biceps tendon connects on the lateral aspect of the uh, coracoid process. And that is relevant only in a couple of procedures. I mean, the only one that I'm really familiar with is a ladder J procedure. And so that's for, that's for another episode. So we're not going to talk uh, the short head of the biceps. We're just going to be uh, talking about the long head of the biceps. So if I, if I just say the bicep tendon, I'm referring to just the long head of the biceps because that's the one that's being addressed when we're talking uh, proximal biceps tenodesis. So anatomically speaking, the bicep tendon runs up through the anterior aspect of the shoulder. There's a bicipital groove in kind of the proximal aspect of the humerus that the biceps tendon sits in, and then it runs inside the shoulder joint. So if if you were to uh, kind of picture in your mind's eye, the bicep tendon starts outside of the joint itself and then comes inside the actual joint. So it's in right next to the articular cartilage and it attaches at roughly the 12 o'clock position to the labrum and the superior glenoid. And so, um, you know, if, if, we're, if you listen to the uh, labrum encapsular anatomy, uh, the labrum is the, uh, the tissue that's surrounding the glenoid, and the long head of the bicep tendon attaches to the labrum at roughly the 12 o'clock position in the shoulder. Um, and the really the the thing or the couple of things that you're addressing when we're talking biceps tenodesis is that you're either having a situation where the bicep tendon is pulling on the superior labrum right because it's attached at the 12 o'clock position so in if um, if 
you can think about a slap tear, a superior labrum anterior to posterior tear, a slap tear. What's happening there, and it's not in all cases, but what likely is happening is that the bicep tendon, when it's sitting in the 12 o'clock position, is it's pulling on the superior labrum and pulling it away from the glenoid. And so you actually get a tear. You get separation between the superior labrum and the rim of the glenoid. And a lot of that can be due to the long head of the bicep tendon pulling on that part of the labrum. And so one of the things you're, you're going to be addressing surgically or a decision you're making surgically is, do I, do I cut the bicep out of the shoulder so that it's no longer attached and pulling on the labrum? Or do I just do a slap tear repair, a slap repair of the slap tear? Do I just put suture anchors in the spear glenoid and tie down the labrum back to the glenoid rim to heal that area and then just move forward? The, the thing you want to be thinking about there or that the surgeon is likely going to be considering is, well, what caused the superior labrum tear in the first place? It's because the bicep tendon is pulling on that part of the labrum. And if the patient doesn't change their activity, whatever they're doing, you know, it could be that they're an overhand athlete or they're doing some sort of overhand uh, overhead work. Um, you're not addressing what caused the problem in the first place. You're just repairing the tear. And so then, you know, does the risk of it just re-tearing in the future go up? You know, probably. And so most of the time you're going to be, I mean, unless the, unless the patient is younger, uh, generally speaking, they're probably going to do a bicep tenodesis or a tenotomy instead of just a slap tear and leave the biceps in place, right? Just, just because as long as you're older uh, and you're not, you know, a high-level athlete, the concern about taking the bicep tendon out of the shoulder joint is not nearly as high unless, you know, as long as you're not a high-level athlete and or a younger, younger uh, patient that, you know, wants to be extremely active. And so, you know, you're probably just going to do, you're probably just going to cut the bicep tendon out of the shoulder of those, you know, middle-aged to older patients, get rid of it, and then not have to worry about the labrum being pulled away from the glenoid rim again. And so in that scenario, just to kind of close the loop on, on a slap tear versus a tenodesis or tenotomy, you're probably not going to do a tenodesis and a slap tear because the only reason that you're having problems there is because the labrum is being pulled away by the tendon. You know, it's being pulled off the, off of the glenoid rim. As long as you remove the bicep tendon, you probably don't necessarily need to do a slap repair in conjunction with a tenodesis because as soon as you cut away the bicep tendon, you then don't have that same uh, mechanism of action pulling the labrum away from the glenoid rim. So, Typically what you're going to see, or at least in my experience, what I've seen is you either have the surgeon, the surgeon either chooses to do a slap repair and keep the bicep tendon, or they do a bicep tenodesis or tenotomy and then leave this, the slap uh, tear alone and just let it heal down uh, because you're really not going to have instability in the superior direction. You don't, you don't necessarily need to reattach it right there as long as the bicep tendon isn't pulling on that tissue anymore. So, so that's, that's kind of part of it. The other half of your decision-making is looking in the bicipital groove. So when you are looking, when you have the camera arthroscopically in the shoulder joint, what, when the, when the physician is doing their diagnostic of the shoulder, they're going to take the probe and they're going to pull down on the bicep tendon. And what you're effectively doing is pulling part of the tendon that sits in the bicipital groove into the joint itself. So you can look at the tendon. 
And what you're looking for is reddish color or discoloration or clear signs of irritation of the bicep tendon in the bicipital groove. So, you know, if, if, if you grab the, if you take the probe and you pull down on the tendon and you pull the tendon into the joint and the tendon looks just pristine, you might be less likely to want to do a tenodesis or tenotomy and maybe you'd want to do a slap tear or sorry, I keep saying slap tear, a slap repair. Um, you know, because the bicep tendon looks so good and in the bicipital groove, there doesn't appear to be any issues uh, with, you know, irritation or anything like that with the bicep tendon in the bicipital groove. But if you're going to take the probe and you pull the tendon down into the shoulder joint and you see a lot of red coloring or synovitis or anything like that, that, that clearly shows irritation, then you're likely going to want to do a bicep tenodesis or tenotomy because you need to get the tendon out of the bicipital groove so that whatever is causing the irritation of the bicep tendon in the bicipital groove, you need to remove it from the groove so that stops happening. And so that's, that's when you're doing a diagnostic, that's, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at, okay, what is the quality of the bicep tendon in the bicipital groove so that I know if I'm getting irritation or if I, or if the patient has irritation of the bicep tendon in the bicipital groove because of that because of, you know, something, whether it's bone spurs or for what, you know, whatever could be causing the irritation in the bicepital groove, or if it looks pristine, what's my decision based on, you know, do I have an associated slap tear or not? If I've got a slap tear, what is their age? What's their activity level, et cetera. So there's a number of factors going into the decision on, do I do a, you know, tenodesis versus tenotomy? And, and those are some of the things you're going to be thinking about, um, thinking about as a, as a physician and you want to be aware of as a rep of that's what they're going to be thinking about. So what I want to kind of cover here quickly as well is the difference between a tenodesis and a tenotomy. A bicep tenodesis is where you are actually physically going to cut the long head of the biceps out of the joint and you're going to reattach it to the humerus. So you're going to reattach it either proximally up on the humerus or reattach it down distally inferior to the pec tendon and that's called a subpec bicep tenodesis. And so the tenodesis is referring to actually reattaching the long head of the biceps to the humerus using any, any number of methods, right? Um, a tenotomy, on the other hand, is when you just cut the tendon and you let it fly, so to speak. You're not reattaching it to the humerus. Now, you know, at, at first glance, if you're, if you're not familiar with it, that may sound like a crazy thing because what's going to happen is the, the, the tendon and the muscle is going to contract, right? If you don't have, if it, if you think of it as a rubber band and you cut one end of the rubber band, it's going to retract and it's going to pull down. And that is what happens. But in doing so, you're not actually giving up a whole lot of functionality. So, you know, you might lose a little bit of, uh, supination strength of your forearm. But other than that, I mean, if you're, if you're a heavy laborer, or an active patient, you're probably going to get a bicep tenodesis. But if you're, if you're not a highly active individual and or you're an older individual, it's not uncommon to just do a bicep tenotomy where they cut the tendon and just leave, leave it be. And what happens is you do, you do get a little bit of balling up of the muscle belly down uh, in the bicep, and they call it a Popeye. Um, what is it? Syndrome? Not Popeye syndrome. Syndrome. Uh, Popeye deformity is the word I'm looking for. Uh, where you get kind of like this little ball, um, balling, it balls up a little bit on the distally down on your bicep near your, near your elbow. Um, 
but effectively your your functionality and use of your arm and your supination strength and your flexion strength is not significantly reduced when you do that. So, you know, instead of if, if you're if you're somebody that's not highly active and or you're an elderly person, you don't it would be probably preferable to not have to drill into the humerus to reattach it as long as your functionality is not going to be you know significantly hampered so that's that's the difference between tenodesis and tenotomy the the tenodesis is where you're actually reattaching the bicep tendon and the tenotomy is where you just let it fly and it's going to scar into place at some level um and so i guess those are those are the two two uh situation you're going to run into if you're talking tenodesis versus anatomy. Now, um, I think stepwise, there, there's a couple of ideas on, you know, where do you fixate the tendon, right? Because if you're, if you're a physician and you have decided that, yes, this patient is going to get a, is going to get a proximal bicep tenodesis, the question is what technique are they going to do? Because there's, there's a number of different ways that you can do this reattachment of the bicep tendon to the humerus to the, uh, sorry, the proximal humerus. So, um, you can more or less put the bicep tendon anywhere from essentially the articular margin on the humeral head all the way down to a sub pec location, which is just inferior to the inferior border of the pectoralis major. And so you can go pretty far down the arm and anywhere in between that probably four to six inch space, you can reattach the proximal bicep tendon to the humerus. And there, there are different techniques for doing it. So there are some guys that reattach the uh, bicep tendon high in the groove, so to speak. And what that means is, you know, they may even put the, the bicep tendon, uh, they may reattach the bicep tendon with their scope still in the joint because they put it up so high in the uh, groove. You know, they could put their anchor or their, their suture anchor or their interference screw or whatever, whatever fixation method they're using, they could put that right at the articular margin on the humeral head, right at, at like the most proximal point of the bicepital groove. And that's still a bicep tenodesis. You're essentially getting it out of the joint. So it's not crossing over the joint and into the shoulder, into the, uh, uh, into the joint space anymore. It's not pulling on the superior labrum. You've essentially just cut it from the superior labrum and then reattached it two to three centimeters lateral, right at the top edge of the bicepital groove on the humeral head. So that would be high in the groove, so to speak. You could also do it just somewhere in the groove. And then, um, I guess, let me, I'll just go sub-pec. That's kind of the, the other extreme end of it. So high in the groove, which is right next to the articular margin, is, is as high as you would put it. And then you could do a sub-pec bicep tenodesis. So sub-pec is, sub would be, would be inferior, right? And then uh, pec, they're talking about the pectoralis major tendon. So if you were to actually feel up under your armpit, the tendon that you feel anteriorly, if, you, if you're just uh, kind of putting your hand there and feeling it, that is your pec, pec major tendon coming across and attaching to the humerus. And so what happens is that, that tendon actually runs out over and over top the bicep tendon and inserts lateral on the humerus, lateral to the bicep tendon. And so you actually, the bicep tendon, if you were to pull it out, will pull out from underneath this pectoralis major tendon. And so when you're doing a subpec tendon, you're actually going to make an incision on the arm uh, pretty far inferior and down by, if you feel that tendon, you're going to have to, uh, it's hard to do it 
audio audibly um but if you feel in your armpit uh the the tendon that's most inferior and running across and attaching to the to the humerus that is your pec tendon and you're going to have a you know anywhere from a two to three centimeter incision in that area because what they're going to do is they're going to grab the tendon down there way far from the joint and pull the tendon out of that incision and externalize the tendon and so the idea in doing a subpec tendon uh, or a subpec repair is that I take the bicep tendon completely out of the bicipital groove. So the bicipital groove is going to start kind of superior to that inferior border of the pectoralis major tendon. So you've got a bicipital groove that sits up higher in the shoulder joint, or not higher in the shoulder joint, but higher on the humerus. The idea with subpec tendon is that, subpec tenodesis, is that I'm going to get the full proximal bicep tendon out of the bicipital groove and then reattach it down more inferior on the humerus. And so if there was any irritation or inflammation that was occurring somewhere in the bicipital groove on the tendon itself, I know at a minimum I've eliminated that as a cause for concern because I know it's no longer sitting in any portion of the bicipital groove. And so that's why guys that are subpack guys are going to do it that way. But the other guys that are going to do it high in the groove or in the groove, um, they're going to be guys that will probably tell you they've cleaned out the groove and they're reattaching it somewhere in the uh, somewhere in the groove, high in the groove, low in the groove, in the groove. Um, you can put it anywhere between kind of that superior, um, anywhere between the articular margin of the bicepital groove up in the humeral head, all the way down the shaft of the humerus to a subpec bicep tenodesis. And so a couple of the things that doctors are going to be thinking about, um, you know, because I don't know the products you're going to be selling, uh, depending on who you work for, you're probably going to have your technique or techniques. Maybe you offer all of the different proximal bicep tenodesis options. But some of the things to consider when you're doing a prox- when you're doing it proximally up in the bicepital groove or you're doing subpec is that first and foremost, you've got a totally different bone density and quality and structure when you're up in the humeral head versus when you're in the essentially the, the diaphysis or the, the shaft of the humerus. So when you're doing a subpec bicep tenodesis, down in the shaft of the humerus in your long bones, you essentially have a really thick, strong, not that thick, but you have a really strong cortical rim of bone. So you, you have really strong cortical bone, but it's kind of hollow centrally. So you don't have the really spongy subchondral or cancellous bone under your cortical rim. It's more so just like a hard eggshell, if you can kind of use that as your visual, when you're down in the shaft of the humerus. And so um, some of the physicians are concerned that they don't want to put it down there because the bone bone quality may not be as good. Um, or at least if you're using like an interference screw or something like that, that is going to go into the bone and be, um, you know, is relying on some cancellous fixation um, it's probably not going to be as good a fixation when you're talking about doing a subpec with an interference screw than if you put it up in the uh, up in the humeral head somewhere where you do have stronger spongy subchondral bone for that screw to grab onto and not just a hard cort- cortical rim. But at the same time, um, you know there are different products that are used to kind of counteract that. So you know what I've certainly sold in the past and what I've what I've seen done is. Um, a newer technique is using buttons. So they would put 
the idea is to use a smaller hole in the cortical bone. You drop a button into the central part of the canal, inside the canal, and you have sutures on the end of the button that you then tie the bicep tendon down to just on the face of essentially the humerus. And so I think I, I probably should have talked about this earlier, but you know, to, to do a true tenodesis, you're actually going to create a hole and stuff the, the tendon down into the hole and then fixate it with a screw or some, some method of fixation. You can do a bicep tenodesis, quote unquote, with suture anchors or just by tying the tendon down to the, uh, to the outer surface of the humerus. That, by definition, is not necessarily a bicep tenodesis, but your doctor may just say, like, yeah, I do a bicep tenodesis, but I use a suture anchor or I use a button or something like that. And what they may be talking about is they may just be tying the tendon down onto the bone where they're not actually putting a hole and doing a true tenodesis where, where they drill a hole, stuff the tendon into that hole, and then fixate it. They may just be putting the suture anchor into, into the bone or the button into the bone and then tying down the tendon on top of it. So understand, um, <clears throat> I probably should have kind of clarified that earlier, but your doctor may say, oh, I do a bicep tenodesis, but I just tie it down. Um, you know, don't worry about getting the terminology perfect. Just understand that they may be using the term tenodesis, but in reality, what they're doing is just tying down the bicep to that, to that area of the, uh, of the bone. But it's, it's in effect a bicep tenodesis. It's just a different technique for doing it where you're reattaching the tendon down to the bone. Um, I think the other, the other important thing to point out is, um, and the question that comes up is how much tension do you put on the bicep tendon, right? Because you don't necessarily want to over tension it and you don't necessarily want to under tension it. You know, you, your body has some elasticity. And so, um, you know, if you tension it too tight, you're going to have some room to, to be able to stretch that out over time and it can find the right balance. Um, it's a little bit more difficult if it's too loose is my understanding that, uh, to gain more tension on it, but it, it's more of a feel thing when you're doing it proximally in the groove, because you don't really have a landmark for how much tension, right? So let's say you go into the joint and you cut the tendon out of the joint. At what level should the, should the bicep tendon be tensioned when you're putting in your suture anchor or you're putting in your interference screw? You know, that is, that's a question that's, it's not a perfect answer when you're just doing when you're doing it high in the groove or in the groove anywhere, because you don't have a landmark to tell you this is how much tension should be on the graft. The surgeon is just going to go by feel, you know, um, and I don't, I'm not equipped to give you an answer on what exactly that tension should be. But what I do know is if you're doing a subpec bicep tenodesis, you do have a landmark available to you, which is the inferior border of the pectoralis major tendon. So like I mentioned earlier in your armpit, the inferior border of that tendon is the inferior border of the pec major tendon. And so your incision is going to expose that part of the tendon. And so effectively what you're looking at as far as tensioning when you're in a sub, sub pec bicep tenodesis is you're looking to get roughly the musculotendinous junction of the biceps to sit at the level of the inferior border of the pec major tendon. Okay. I'll repeat that because there's a lot in there. Your tension or your landmark, if you're doing a subpack, because you actually have a landmark available to you. 
what you're looking for. And, and the reason that, that that's more important as well is when you cut the, when you cut the tendon out of the joint and you're doing high in the groove, let's say you're not removing a whole lot of the tendon, if any of it, right? You might just cut it and then reattach it right next to it. So you've, you've only moved it, you know, two centimeters over. But if you're doing a sub-pec bicep tenodesis, you're actually cutting, you know, three, four, five centimeters off of the tendon that was sitting up, you know, the part that was in the joint and then the part that was in the proximal aspect of the bicepital groove and even the inferior aspect of the bicepital groove and then the part that comes out by the inferior border of the pec tendon. You're going to cut off three to five centimeters of that tendon. And so that's when it gets... I think a little bit more difficult and or more important to understand what are my landmarks for tensioning. And what you're looking for is you want the musculotendinous junction of the biceps. So the long head of the biceps, you're looking for the musculotendinous junction. You want that to be setting, once you fixate it, you want that to be essentially at the level of the inferior border of the pec major tendon. And so a lot of times doctors, when they do a sub-pec bicep tenodesis, they're actually going to drill their hole and put their, put their hole underneath the pec major tendon, right? Because you essentially have to, right? If you think about it this way, you can't put your attachment point inferior to a sub, to the uh, inferior border of the pec tendon, because then you're just in muscle belly. If the musculotendinous junction is at the inferior border of the pec major, you, you can only reattach tendon. You're not going to be reattaching muscle belly to the bone. So you have to, you have to have tendon to grab onto. So, so your attachment point has to be proximal to the musculotendinous junction of the bicep tendon. And so that's why, even if you're doing a sub sub pec technique, you're not actually attaching it, uh, distal to the inferior border of the pec major tendon. You're actually going to put it underneath the pec tendon because you need the musculotendinous junction to sit at the level of the inferior border of the patella, or of the patella, inferior border of the pec major tendon, but then your your tendon portion that you're fixating has to be proximal to that. So typically, what you see is, you know, doctors will go two centimeters above the inferior border of the pec major tendon, and that's where they'll drill their hole. And so the, then they're going to drill their hole for their sub pec bicep tenodesis, and that you know, chances are, let's say they're using an interference screw, then what you're going to do is you need to know the depth of the interference screw there that you're going to be using. And then you're going to add the 20, 20 millimeters of length because that's how you're going to figure out the tension. So let's say for easy numbers, let's say the length of your interference screw is 10 millimeters. Okay. So what that means is you drilled a 10 millimeter deep socket into the humerus. Okay. And that's where you're going to do your actual tenodesis. That hole is going to sit 20, 20 millimeters proximal to the inferior border of the pec major tendon, because that's, that's the level of the musculotendinous junction. So your measurements for doing this technique are, you're going to measure from the, uh, musculotendinous junction on the long head of the biceps. You're going to measure from the mus musculotendinous junction. You're going to go proximal up the tendon and you're going to need at least 30 millimeters proximal to the musculotendinous junction because so so the length of your tendon so to speak is going to be 30 millimeters above the muscle belly and what that 30 millimeters is is 20 millimeters of that goes proximal and up underneath 
the pec major tendon, and then 10 millimeters goes deep into the socket that you just drilled. And so that's kind of how you work the math and figure out your tensioning when you're doing a subpack tenodesis. Like I said, it's uh, it's going to be an imperfect science because everybody's going to have a little bit different tensioning on their biceps. But if you're doing a proximal or if you're doing it proximally up in the groove, you know, it's a little bit harder to figure out exactly what that tension should be. And you're going to have to more so go by feel. But if you're doing a subpack tenodesis, you're going to be able to use that inferior border of the pec major tendon as your landmark uh, to get your tensioning right. So uh, I think that will cover it for at least the first first pass at uh, proximal bicep tenodesis versus tenotomy versus slap tear and all of the above of whatever we covered. If you have any questions in particular to maybe a product or a technique, or you just would like to hear a little bit more detail, um, <laughs> I don't know if I can give you more detail, but that might have, that might have exhausted my detail. But uh, give me a shout directly if you have any further questions on proximal bicep tenodesis. And I uh, hope this episode was helpful for you guys. Uh, if so, uh, give me a like and a, a share or a review of the podcast. And um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Medical Sales Certification Podcast. And as you know, we give all of our content and training away for free. So it would really mean a lot to me if you could subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. And if you thought that this episode in particular was helpful, consider sending it to somebody you know who you think could benefit as well. Thanks again, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye.